0: You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I oh, it was so great this week on Wednesday night. We completed the Spark series, which is a, an annual series of dialogues between myself and, and various thought leaders from different traditions, yeah. we, we dedicated that in honor of my Rebbe, Reb Zalman Shalomi, whose mind and heart were very wide, very broad. He could have a conversation with a Sufi monk and with a Trappist monk, and also a conversation with those in the world of intellectual, academic scholarship, I mean, all across the board. And so it, it's perfect, sparks. We did, we dialogued with Judith Plasco this year. We had a conversation with Jane Michelson, Joy Layden. So the final one was with the woman I mentioned earlier, the, the great Jubu, Boo, although she doesn't want us to call her Jew Boo. She doesn't like hyphens. So the great Bubby, the grandmother of Buddhist, of Jewish Buddhist world, uh, Sylvie Borstein, was right here. And she said so many amazing things. And one of the things she said really invited me to a deeper Understanding of a teaching from the Hasidic tradition on this weekend's weekly wisdom on the Parsha. So here's what she said. She said that most people think of karma, the word karma has become so popularized, right? Karma, my karma means my fate, usually. That's the way people usually, uh, my karma, uh, I have bad karma, good karma. She said karma is just the Buddhist way of saying the way of it. The way things are the natural progression of cause to effect to cause to effect this right this linearity is karma karmic lines and i'm in a karmic line i'm in a karmic state of mind you know <laughs> karma is the way things are she said it doesn't have a taste it doesn't have a quality it doesn't have a good bad it's just the natural consequences one would might call it a kind of spiritual determinism the way things have been are the way they're going to be based on certain causes, certain conditions, unless something were to interfere in some way, it's just the way it's going to be. And she said that as a way into a place of compassion. When something arises in the mind or in the heart that is painful, that is difficult, that is an annoyance or, a, or something that we're working with, a knot she called it, some kind of mind mobius strip, or maybe in the heart there's a flutter of pain, and the immediate desire is to judge that. How can I be so angry? How can I be so jealous? How can I be so envious? How can I be so sad? How can they be so stupid? Whatever the mind, right? She said, in that moment, you meet whatever arises in the mind and heart with compassion because it's just, that's the way the mind thinks. If you were to track that thought to a previous cause, it would just be the way of it. And this, of course, in a way, this is a kind of spiritual determinism that might, I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, there's free will and all of that, right? There are some thoughts that I shouldn't have and some feelings that I shouldn't have and I should do something about it. But compassion would say, it came. And then you meet it with rachamim, with love. Oh, there's my anger. As she quoted... A beautiful she said, in, a, in the Verdi Opera, you can go watch this, by the way, after Shabbat or sometime during the week. She, there was a, she went to an opera, a Verdi Opera, and one of the characters was singing in very dramatic aria, right? And the words which she could not understand, but she was reading the subtitles, like the, the, the tenor was going, Anger is arising in me, right? She didn't do that whole thing, but she. She loved that. She said, that was a Buddhist moment. Noticing that anger is arising in me, conditions have set this moment as such, and here it is. Not anger is arising, how could I be angry, but here it is. Here it is. Karma is the will of God. That's what she said. Karma is the Buddhist way of saying that's ratzon Hashem, that is God's will. The way things are. And then she said something really fascinating, and we're going to make our way into the Parsha in a second. She said something very fascinating. She said, "Did you ever notice, though, when you sit down to meditate, how many people here meditate? How many people watch other people meditate?" How many people wish they, they aren't so not compassionate about that, "I wish I should meditate? How can I not meditate? Why didn't I meditate? I'm with you. We're together on that. So when you're watching the mind, she said, there's an immediate moral inventory that happens. All of a sudden, you start thinking about all the things you did wrong. As the heart opens and the mind clears and the knots untangle, you start to think, oh, I can't believe I spoke to Jessica that way. I can't believe that I got off the phone so quickly with my parents. The mind starts to think of all of the places where it was deficient or where we were morally compromised. And she said a student once came to her and said, you know, when that, what she called it, a pool sweep, that kind of mind pool sweep, you know, you have that net that catches all this. She said, when that pool sweep or that meditative moral inventory happens, a student said to her, you know, Sylvia, whenever I sit down, I have this thought and then I judge that thought, what should I do? She said, have compassion. And then the student said, but when I'm having compassion for that thought, I then judge myself for having compassion. (laughs) What should I do? Have compassion. It's amazing that in the causal chain of inevitability, the heart and mind always goes to, what could I have done better? How could I have changed it? How could my free will, my wedge of awareness, made a little, little room between the cause and the effect so it might have gone slightly differently? It's that insight that I think is happening tomorrow morning in our weekly wisdom. A very, very difficult parsha tomorrow morning, the last of the weekly wisdom segments in the book of Leviticus, Bechukotai, is usually read together with last week's parsha, Behar. Behar Bechukotai. But standing alone this year because of the leap year, it stands out in its fullness for all of the difficulty it presents. It begins with these three words, Im Bechukotai Telechu. If you will, Telechu, walk in my chukot, in my laws, my statutes. That word, im, acts as a conditional phrase of kind of a covenantal agreement. If you will, then you will. Right? Anybody ever study behavioral therapy with kids? Right? If this, then that. If you will walk in my statutes, the Bible says, all kinds of things will come your way. The promise of rain, the promise of abundance, the promise of physical and material wealth. You'll never have to worry. You won't have to work no more, right? If you were a rich man, that's this is it. If you keep all of the Torah, all of the Chukot, then and then the Torah though says what will happen if you don't keep them, and it begins to list what is called the Tochecha, the rebuke. This will happen and that will happen. All of the most ugly. Curses you could possibly imagine. They are so ugly that in temples around the world for over a thousand years, those curses are not read out loud. They are read in hushed tones sotto voce. We don't say the curses out loud. Now, one way to work with that, of course, is to say that that's really the way it works in the world, everybody. If you are good, the simple calculus of good will then receive good. You could try to bend your mind into that, but the rabbis couldn't allow that. Their experience, their experience, their own lived reality was such that they said that can't be the way of it. We see good things happening to bad people and bad things happening to good people. It can't be that easy. And later on they said that essentially what the Torah is saying tomorrow morning isn't all of the specific blessings and curses that will happen if you are good boys and girls. That's an old God, and the rabbis in the Kabbalah threw it out. They said, Tomorrow morning. Is a conversation about nothing, right? Nothing less than karma. If you will walk in these statutes, the Kabbalists say, doesn't mean necessarily all of the commandments of being an observant Jew. That's also true for them. But it means for them, if you will engrave, the word chukot means to engrave, if you will engrave the way of it. If you will engrave a posture towards reality that accepts what comes your way with compassion, if you will grow by receiving what is given and saying, "Oh, there it is," you will grow, you will evolve, you will develop, you will become greater, right? Greater at the game of being compassionate human beings. A Hasidic teacher took this teaching one step further. Mordechai Leiner of Ishbit said that the word Im, which means if you will, doesn't just mean if you will do these things. It means if you will accustom yourself to be in the chukot, in the engraved way, the groove of reality, not fighting what is, not judging what is, Not pushing it away and not pulling it towards you. If you will be bichukotai, if you will be with the way things are, then im, which means if, which means possibility, which means a softening of the rigidities of inevitability. It means it could be. It means that it doesn't have to be the next moment. It doesn't have to be. It could be that you will respond the next time with more love. If you will accustom, if we will accustom ourselves to be able to take whatever comes with us and say, oh, compassion. Then we make greater imness, more... Let's see what this is. This, to some degree, actually makes us much more religious than any of our ancestors could have been. Because as Sylvia said, and as this, I think this Parsha will point out, This is not something you do part-time. In order for something to become engraved in you, says Rashi and others, you have to be amelim ba. You have to work hard. It's hard work to be aware. It's hard work when it's hot in shul and you want to fall asleep to stay awake. It's hard work when anger and habitual ways of thinking arise. Those are the chukim. Those are the things that are engraved in us because we've been doing them for so long. They become the conditioned karmic response the stories that we tell. You could sit here on Wednesday night with Sylvia Borstein and Rabbi David Ingber and hear all about how loving and compassionate one should be and the next night, or maybe the next half hour, it comes up again. <laughs> if you will accustom yourselves to engrave new grooves, the wedge of awareness and the latitude you have in reacting to moments the im in your life will increase. You'll have greater responsibility in given moments. It won't have to be the way it was if we admit that the way it is is because the way it was. In that moment of compassion, in that moment of deep seeing and deep softening around the way the mind and heart work, we open up a vast vista of what is called in our tradition, Halicha, to grow. I want to bless each and every one of you this Shabbos, wherever you'll be. I want us all to be shonrei Torah, to be observers. Those who meet whatever is given, whatever karma comes our way, whatever line of inevitability comes our way, with a moment, a pause of compassion, a deep inhale and exhale, a spaciousness before we decide how to react, what energies to galvanize, what thought patterns might be the most useful, the most utilitarian, the most upaya skill for for being in the world. On Wednesday night, I'll end with this. A number of people said, but Rabbi, what about when I think about Israel? Rabbi, what about when I think about my landlord? or I think about politics, or I think about all manner of things that really get us going. And you know what Sylvia said? Sylvia said that if we can stay in a place of compassion, we will have a greater access to skillful means, the right chukim, the right laws, the right structures that are necessary for building a better world. With compassion and with love, we build a better world. With compassion and love, we can seek justice. With compassion and love, we can know what it is that needs to be in the next moment. So take a moment tonight as you leave the shul, maybe even now, and say, I pledge allegiance to be as aware as I can possibly be. And when I'm not, I'll have compassion.